Ladies and gentlemen, and everything in between, welcome to Kinky and Geeky, an educational, conversational, entertainment um, all podcast for all things, well, geeky and kinky. We're your hosts, I'm Fox. And I'm Loki. We're both members of different and overlapping kink and nerd communities. Be warned, this podcast contains subjects of an adult and sexual nature. So if you're not of legal age or if it's illegal for you to listen to this because you're Amish or incarcerated or whatever, please turn this off now. So, what are we talking about today? Religion and kink. Yay! God and the <laughs> things that bind. For some. <laughs> Maybe not for others, but for some. You know, the uh, old Catholic priests, I mean, like, if you go to any Catholic, pri- I mean, like, the like monastery, priests in the monastery, they have, they have ropes around their waist. That's their belt. Yeah. And uh, clearly, Zap is joining us once again for this conversation. <laughs> Hello. Talked about rope last time. That's how I started out again. <laughs> <laughs> it's a theme. Theme. It's like space. Their, their floggers, when they self-flagellated, were also made of rope. Yeah. Or, or horse hair. Good Usually. to know. Yeah. Horse hair would be much more stingy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Yep. Buddhists beat each other with sticks. That doesn't surprise me. It's to help them focus. It really is. They smack you right across the flat of your back, right between your shoulder blades. So it kind of like, not like right on the shoulder blade itself, but just right underneath them. So it like relaxes those muscles in there so you Hmm. can keep meditating. But it looks vicious when they're doing it. They're just smacking the hell out of people for not focusing. And then they relax. And it's just like, this is the kinkiest thing I've ever seen. Good job, (laughs) Buddhists. So, well, way to get started. There. Right? Yeah. Um, okay, so, Zap, why do we have you back? Um, so, I am a Christian of some sort, and um, I was told to come here and talk to you about religion, <laughs> and um, there's alcohol and religion, so I am here for you guys. That is a classic combination. Yes. It is an Irish household. I will say that. This is true. This is true. Although we're starting out with uh, gin and tonic today, so yeah. a little, uh, yes, little we, off topic. <laughs> we went with the gin today. Do we have and the blessed I, wine? I don't... I almost brought some. Oh, fail. Um, okay, so you said you're, you're a Christian of some sort. Does yes. that mean you're a practicing Christian? Are you a non-practicing Christian? Well, I would consider myself a practicing Christian um, in mm-hmm. so much as that I still believe and am faithful. Um I have fellowship with people sometimes. Um, I wouldn't say I go to church um, in mo- the way that most Christians would I like identify with being practicing. Um, the, I mean, I can go fairly deep to start out with, but, you know, yes, I consider myself practicing. Um, and that's a, that's a complicated answer that maybe you want to pick apart. 
Yeah. I don't know. Well, no, I, I, I plan on picking a lot of that apart. Okay. Well, do you um, consider yourself uh, denominational? Nope. Um, so, in the way that Christianity really... There's, there's, three, there's three basic tenets of Christianity, uh, or at least Protestantism, and then the Catholics kind of came on board way later. Um... <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> I'm not Catholic. Oh, I thought you were... Were you not Presbyterian. Really? Presbyterian. She's Catholic. Well, Presbyterian Catholics, you got, you got a little bit similar stuff going on. Um, yeah, no, I was not Catholic. Not, not really. Presbyterians are... No. <laughs> what? What Presbyterian church... closer to the Protestant. We... It's we're, a we're, 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 It uh, is. Yeah. But... but Okay, I'll, I'll tell you my I'll tell you I'll tell you I'll tell you my Presbyterian stories later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to hear yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, <laughs> off camera. Presbyterians are awesome friends on the internets. No, yeah. What? yeah, Presbyterians yes. are Presbyterians. Yes, yes, so. they are. Yes, it's uh, yes, it's it's the churches I went to as a kid. I I was also I was also a little bit of a demon child, so maybe it was just me being a, a, a terrible child. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, to get back on topic, I forgot what the topic was. What, what was the question? Well, I just asked if you were denominational. Yeah, we oh, are. yes, non-denominational. Yes, so there are the, there are the three there are the three things, and you can edit all that crap out. Um, um, so the three the three basic tenets: one is that you believe you know Jesus is the way, the truth, and light to salvation. Throughout, like without Him, you know, there's no salvation. Um, you believe in the Trinity of God, so the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, um, and that that this is the part that the Catholics came on later with, but. Um, that the Bible is the word of God, like, you know, you know, it's, it, it is, um, a living, breathing document type thing. Um, that, that got changed through history. So that wasn't always the basic tenet. It's pretty much the Bible is the word of God. That's, that's the basic of it. So with those three things, yes, I believe those three things. Um, but then after that, um, I'm much more of a, a living, breathing document type thing with, uh, with the Bible. And, um, I'm not so much of a literal translation kind of guy. Um, so I get into a lot of trouble with a lot of other Christians, but I, uh, I, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I would consider myself a Christian in that way. A little clarification. The, uh, living, breathing document isn't the Catholic, uh, split. It's the papal split. Papal split. Yeah. Uh, it's the either belief in or the infallibility of the Pope, depending on who you talk to, that, uh, really creates the, the Catholic to other Christian sects split. Um, which also makes for a lot of the issues that Catholicism has. Mm. To say the least. <laughs> <laughs> no judgments, so, of course. I, I, no judgments. No judgments. So, what... Let's start from the top, I guess you could say. Yeah. What were you raised, religiously? Um, I was also raised non-denominational, but in the same way that the Bible Belter kind of, like, fanaticism is considered non-denominational, so I would consider that almost like, almost like, almost Baptist kind of-ish. Um, but they didn't consider, like, the church that I went to, um, wasn't denominational. Evangelical? Kind of, they, they really did call themselves non-denominational. Um, so I can't really tell you what denomination, but the closest I can get to is that is that kind of evangelical and slightly like the the kind of the Baptist kind of like a little bit of the fire and brimstone kind of stuff, but mostly mostly not. Um, they had the great bands and they had the, the huge everything. Everything was big and glorious and beautiful, but um, and there's you know the, the little old ladies dancing in, in the aisles and stuff like that. You know, it was 
should be a little bit more Southern Baptist in that way. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, it was it was a great it was a great place. It was just I couldn't tell you what their flavor was because they would draw on a lot of different do- denominations and um, they had a lot of pastors who were from different denominations too. So it was it really was kind of non-denominational. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Loki? I was raised Presbyterian. Uh, yeah, which is actually what led to us meeting. Um, <laughs> strangely, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was raised Catholic. So uh, we've got a fairly broad spread of a very narrow segment here. <laughs> with with If I didn't know your parents, I would think, how do your parents ever let you date a Presbyterian girl? But then I met your parents. I was like... <laughs> This makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Well, it's because my mom uh, my mom was the religious one. My dad is completely agnostic, if not atheist. Uh, like, my grandma on my mom's side goes to the uh, Roman Catholic Church. Oh, wow. Uh, and so she's either at uh, a very old Roman one or at a Greek Orthodox. Well... Which is a little weird yeah. split. Yeah. <laughs> Um, for my upbringing, for sure. I mean, I was, I was brought up Presbyterian, but it was actually interesting because we went to Presbyterian church in the city I was from up until I was maybe like in first or second grade. And then we stopped and we stopped going because the church we were going to kicked the pastor that we liked out really for no reason, just because... They didn't like what this person was saying, and they were like, yeah, we're done with this. You're done here. Have a nice life. Bye-bye. Um, <clears throat> and so we stopped going, and we didn't go back to church till I was in sixth grade. So it was it was a while before we went back. Um, and But I was raised based on the Presbyterian background, raised on the Presbyterian tenets, um, which are interesting because a lot of people say Presbyterianism is very similar to Catholicism. Mm -hmm. And I think what that really stems from is the fact that Presbyterians partake in communion Mm -hmm. and Catholics partake in communion. I think that's about as similar as they get. Yeah. The similarity to me (laughs) seems to land on purely ceremonial. Yeah. uh, So comparisons. When I, when I first said, you know, there's some similarities there is because, Lutheranism came off of Catholicism and Presbyterianism came off of Lutheranism. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, oh, you very much have some similarities, but I guess I guess not all that much. No, really yeah. not. Uh, it's really the... We partake in communion and confirmation. And okay. that's that's really about it. Uh, and I don't remember. Presbyterian, when is the baptism? Birth or yeah. any point in time. You can have it at birth. You can have it during your confirmation. You can have it... I mean, it really, you can be unbaptized and walk into a Presbyterian church and say, I want to join this church, go through the process of becoming a member of the church at that location, and then say, well, I've never been baptized, and they'll baptize you as like a 32-year-old man or a 76-year-old woman. The the late baptism is an odd. It's the the practice of baptism at birth that is another divergence. Yeah. Hmm. It's not, I mean, it's not always at birth. But it's it is one of the but things that, that it's is, allowed. Like yeah. in uh, in the Baptist tradition, you do not baptize at birth because yeah. because you must uh, you must choose to be baptized. Yeah. So. So no, and it's 
that that was my upbringing. I mean, we my family they they celebrate Advent every year. Okay. So they do the the four Sundays leading up to Christmas. And, and they have a little chocolate calendar. Yes. Yes. Our house here though does not have a chocolate calendar because <laughs> the blonde will go through and eat all the little chocolates out before within the first week. And then not tell anybody. You would cheat on your advent calendar? Baby Jesus is very unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> However, this household, I am... Uh, I was raised Presbyterian, but I would say I am more a monotheist agnostic. Okay. Well, it's complicated. <laughs> yeah, so We have this podcast that's going yeah, on right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, There's time. Um, I believe in individualized spirituality, not organized religion. I feel like organized religion is too much so a way to direct people in one direction or another of whoever happens to be running said religion. Um, another way of saying controlling the masses. Um, Welcome to the Conspiracy Theory <laughs> Hour with Loki. <laughs> uh, but... Along with that, it's also, I feel like, there's the story of the Tower of Babel, where the tribes, they were trying to build a tower to God, and then they lost all form of communication with one another, because it's like, oh, you're going to speak this language, you're going to speak this. Who's to say that the religion isn't the same, it's just different based off of translation? Uh, the uh, the well theory. Yeah. God is an underground river, and different people sunk a well and said, look, I found God, and Somebody somewhere else sunk a well and said, look, I found God. Uh, and they all found the same God, but in different religions. So that that's kind of my take, my personal take. Um, I spent years in church and youth groups and being a youth leader, and it just did not appeal to me at a certain point. So, Did, but, that, did that coincide with the kinkiness? No, the kinkiness had always been there. I just tried to repress a lot of it. Yeah. Because it was like, yeah. Well, so that's a, that's a good question, at least on topic here, is uh, have you found that the uh, religion or faith and either the kinky or the geeky are ever at odds? I would say the geeky is never at odds with the religious. Um, but the kinky... Um, I would say some people try and read in some of my kinkiness into my religion. Um, like being a chastity enthusiast, um, people are just like, oh yeah, does that have anything to do with your whole thing about, you know, faithfulness and more with religion or the, or with your faith? I'm like, no, I'm a pervert. <laughs> a a penchant for <laughs> suffering and a Catholic upbringing, I have to say, has had a more than statistically likely, uh, concurrence. Yeah. So, I mean, so, I mean, Catholics, I mean, the Catholic priest, self-flagellation, you know, a lot of religions have self-flagellation. Yeah. The, and we're primarily going to probably talk about the uh, Judeo-Christian uh, religious uh, traditions here, because that's what we're most familiar with. But uh, I can talk to you a little bit about Buddhism, just a little bit. Yeah, I, I know a little bit about a lot of others, but uh, not enough to speak with any real authority. Um I don't know. It might be interesting to get uh, somebody in here that uh, that has a vastly different tradition. Yeah. Um, at some point, if you listen to this podcast and you are of a different religion, 
non-Judeo-Christian, and you'd like to come on the podcast and talk, whether it's pagan or Jewish or... Jewish is pretty much a part of the Judeo-Christian thing. Eh, As in the first, but, the first half of that, That's what the Judeo is. <laughs> yeah, is Judeo you're right. Christian. Except for the fact that, uh, on a whole, the Jewish religion, while they keep with a good portion of the tenets of Christianity... Wait, what? No, Christianity Maybe. keeps with yeah, the tenets of yeah, the Jewish sorry, religion. Vice versa. <laughs> yeah, and, and I can speak but, with some authority on the Zohar and the Kabbalah. Okay, and, uh, well then never mind. Scratch the Jewish part. <laughs> That, that, that's been a part of my study. It, it's more when we get into uh, traditions of, say, uh, worship of Kali or uh, yeah. uh, any of the uh, If you are into S&M and you are a Muslim, please contact us. We'd love to have you on the show. <gasps> Thank you. Yes, if, if you're a part of these other traditions, uh, if you're a part of these other traditions, then let us know, and we would... Uh, Love to have you on a yes. conversation, even if we gotta Skype you in or something, and uh, get a different perspective on this. Yeah. Although we've got uh, three people in here from the Judeo-Christian tradition, so I'm sure we'll have at least six perspectives. Six very different perspectives. So, um, I had a question. <laughs> oh, you mentioned. Um, I, Sorry, Loki just turned off for a yeah, moment there. Um, you mentioned religion interfering with the geeky. I have experienced religion interfering with the geeky. On the level of growing up as a Christian, um, D&D vilified mm-hmm. by okay. Christianity. So was was that a part of your particular church or was that just the because i know it was in the news and stuff like that no it was it was my particular church didn't really have a tolerance for it um even though we were trying to do it so that we could get some of the kids who hung out at the church on sundays during the day till the youth program at night out of keep them out of trouble they were still very much so like um no we're not having that because it talks about demons and devils and magic and and it's like, but right. really? So read the Bible instead. Yeah, read the Bible instead was their their thing. And it's like, because there's no demons, devils, or magic in that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I went to a Christian school, and they uh, they wanted to take away my anime when I watched anime. Yeah. They thought anime was of Satan. Demon City Shinjuku. I have no idea. Them <laughs> 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 Japanese cartoonists. <laughs> uh, I also went to a Christian private school for part of my schooling. As did the blonde. She went to a Catholic all-girls school. I went to a Catholic high school. I went to a Catholic high school that was run by a Bazillion sect. Did you say so, a Brazilian or Bazillion? Bazillion, as in followers of St. Basil. Oh, okay. Like... And, and Yes, not Brazilian. Um, <laughs> the Bazillion uh, priests were... Uh, their edict is one of education, and so their tenets tend to be much more broad and welcoming than uh, a lot of others uh, to wit one of my priest teachers was also gay and taught the sexuality class and he started out the class with the catholic church has a lot to say about sex and sexuality most of it is wrong we're going to talk about reality in this class this is a man wearing a Roman collar. 
Hmm. Um, but yeah, like I've never actually experienced the conflict there between either the geeky or the kinky, uh, despite having grown up in a, a Catholic tradition, because ironically, most of the Catholic churches that I attended were extremely welcoming and affirming and supportive and very open-minded. Well, lucky you. You can sit in the corner and yeah. wear the dunce's cap. Cause <laughs> we're here to talk about repression <laughs> and horrible things. Or the inclusion I, all thereof. I mean, Should I admit that I wrote erotica in my spirituality class and we used to read it in the Bible? Like, we used to hide the pages in the Bible. Ah, okay. okay. Can, can you edit something out right now? I love you. Okay, please turn it back on, or otherwise it's still on. Turn you, it off. You may hear uh, a little bit of a break there, and you don't get to know what happened. <laughs> We're calling all of our breaks today repressions. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to uh, take a brief uh, repression for a while and uh, come back with more alcohol. Yeah. Uh, the blonde, the blonde is making fussy face. Boys are stupid. She looks like she's about to mess her crinkle. <laughs> what? I don't even know what that means. Me I'm kind of glad. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so... But there's a bunch topic. of furries that just went, Ew! <laughs> I don't want to know. Um, I mean, like, messier furry suit or something? No. Is it, okay. is it the furry version of cream your panties? No. Okay. Because that was not that face. <laughs> Yeah. No. Um, what is that face? That was show, fussy face. Show that face. I'm good. You're good? Okay. I'm good. Okay. So, <laughs> that face will be comes out on some occasions. <laughs> <laughs> and we can't post a photo of it, so it's yeah. just not worth yeah. it. Alright, sorry. Let's so, yeah. starting off with your ventures into the Kinkies app. Yes. How did you deal with religion in regards to the kinky um and or how did you deal with the kinky in regards to your religion this question seems to be destroying my brain a little bit um <laughs> well, it, it does presume that there was some sort of conflict that right. needed to be resolved there did you even find a conflict um there were certain conflicts. I mean, when I first started getting into the kinky, um, and um, yeah, though this actually this is this is actually something I don't really like talking about. But um, this, for the purpose of this co- podcast, you actually have to. That's what we're here uh, for, right? <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot, <laughs> right? Right. Well, I mean, but this is the point of this podcast. Yeah, right. This is the point. So when I first came into being kinky, um, I was actually very recently out of. Um, you know, parental control um, and a lot of my Christian upbringing and everything. So I was, I grew up in the same way many people probably did religiously with uh, being transgendered is a sin, um, being gay is a sin, being like even like commenting commenting on your other guy friends' clothes is probably as close to being gay as you could be. Um, <laughs> you know, get teased at it for school if you if you even say like I like your jersey, man. Yeah, you know, so um, that's where I started. 
and I came into like the king. I came into being kinky, and I came in uh, to my first Citadel party pretty much, um, still still having those phobias. So when when I talk about my religious uh, like religious problems, there are things that I either wasn't willing to give up, or I wasn't ready to give up, or I didn't have enough experience seeing that what what the world really was or what was out there or like what people were like transgender people really like like you know never met never met one of these people you know so um for me coming into kinkiness yes there were lots of things um first citadel party i walked into girl wearing a gigantic sparkly strap on i'm like oh oh dear (laughs) you know (laughs) I have a feeling like I might know who this girl is. Yeah. Um. There's a few of them, right? Um, so there are um, there are things that I wasn't emotionally ready for, ready to deal with at that point. But I wanted to be kinky. So what do I do? Um, fortunately, the one the one thing that um, I guess being religious or spiritual at all, like the kind of Christian that I would want to be, was um, you know, don't, you know, let's just love everyone. Like the, the one thing that, um, that Paul said when he was getting older, a little bit more senile and, uh, he couldn't really give full sermons. Apparently he would, he would sit down, people would be gathered to hear him talk and he would just say, little children love one another. And they would get up and leave and everyone would be like, what was this? I came here for miles, you know, I, I dodged, like, Romans, like, trying to kill me to come see this dude, and all he said was, little children love one another, meh, you know, but really, um, that's all you really need to get out of things, so, like, out of, out of Christianity sometimes, is little children love one another, so, it took me a little bit of while, because, kind of, either reprogramming, or letting yourself relax, or, um, uh, letting yourself figure out what it is that you really believe in takes a little bit of time. So, um, I actually just said like, this is something that I want to do and hellfire help me, I guess. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to see how this thing works and I'm going to squash certain feelings I have that certain things are wrong for a little while. And then I came back to it and there are certain things that I feel like I made poor decisions, um, in, in regards to my religious and spiritual beliefs. Um, and I just didn't do them again. I, you know, made my peace with God and said, mm, maybe not. And um, I feel like I'm a much better person for it. But um, in terms of getting, that was that was getting my, I guess, my uh, religion and my kink. And I guess my kink and my religion, I don't cross that at all. Um, there is nothing, like when I go into that religious mode, there's nothing, that like there's there's no part of my penis or parts that get me, you know, get me off in any way often, you know, when I do the religious thing. Um, actually, religious play terribly squicks me. Um, there was a scene where August, the, the owner of the Citadel, had a, uh, a girl who was very, like, she's super Christian, or she was super Christian. She, she went through pretty much a cult experience with Christianity. And, um, she's, you know, Southern kind of, like, Southern Baptist kind of girl. Um, August had her on a, uh, Sibian which, if none of you know what a Sibian is, it's a kind of um, semicircular kind of thing that you can it's like straddle. like a saddle. Yeah, it's like a saddle. You straddle it, and there is a gyrating cock on it. It doesn't start gyrating, but, you know, you just 
sit on it, and then there's someone has a control, and you can change the angle of degree from that it that it goes from ninety, like if it's like on the top of the saddle, it can straight up. It's straight up, and you can change the angle, and then you can change the vibration frequency and the rotation frequency. So um, yeah, it's a it's it's an awesome thing. It's an orgasm seat. Yeah. So um, she had this woman on this thing and making her pray to Satan for orgasms. I had to leave. Like, I just couldn't take it. So, um, there are certain lines that I have that I probably just can't cross. Um, or if it's not that I can't cross, I just really don't want to cross them. So, um... I, w- I wasn't really asking about, do you cross those boundaries? It was yeah. more of how do you process these things in relation to one another? How do I process them? So, so along the lines of the, the, the idea of, like... I know for me, for a long time, I repressed the fact that I was transgendered for years. I mean, we're talking over a decade. Yeah. Because religion taught me, like, not okay. Not okay. Not okay. Yeah. And it wasn't because I liked men. It wasn't because I liked women. But it was because I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin. Granted, at the time, I didn't understand that I was transgendered. So it was a very skewed view of things but it took me understanding that first understanding that in the christian religion jesus hung out with the outcasts if you will or at least in pres- the way that presbyterians show it that's how it's been brought to light it's christ hung out with the outcasts he hung out with prostitutes he hung out with lawyers he hung out with tax collectors the people who in society at that time were considered the scum the kind of bottom of the bottom people um and understanding that it's like well what kind of religion are we to say that gay people to say transgendered people to say all these other people are bad because they're different why aren't we accepting these people and bringing them in you know we shouldn't try and change them for who they are but if they want to believe the same things we want to believe so that was part and that was me that was the process for me for not necessarily rationalizing based on my religion but learning to accept myself so how is it how have you been able to take your kink and the, uh, kind of like this side like how are you able to rationalize it for your christian side like so really um for a, for the beginning of it it really was i put this away for a while and that's how i rationalized it i just i really just put it away um and that was the whole thing where i said like i just kind of squashed feelings as they came up and then dealt yeah. with it later um I have a feeling that th- that would not work out well for many people. Um, it didn't work out for well for me for as much as I did it. Um, but it allowed me to experiment. It allowed me to get out there and do the things that I really, really, really wanted to do. And I just had to make the, the conscious effort. It, it was go big or go home. And it, the, the response was not go home. So um, how do I deal with it now? Well, that's built upon what I did during the go big or go home stage. So, um, I have, I, I did my experimentation. I figured where do I want my boundaries to be and why, and how did I decide these were going to be boundaries? Well, I went back and assessed the religious aspects of what I still believe, what I still hold, uh, sacred. And I said, these are lines that pretty much are, are drawn for me by my conclusions of what I believe. Um, so let's just stick to those. They're not things that, that really change. They could change based on what I believe, but, you know, these aren't things that I'm willing to step over um, because that's just what I believe. 
So it becomes simple in some ways after you've, I guess, I wouldn't call it quote-unquote messed up. I'd say, quote unquote, I mean, you've gone and explored. Like, I had my Rumspringa. For those who don't know what Rumspringa is. Um, <clears throat> Since they're not allowed to listen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Well, no, I, I that's just, that was a weird thing we watched. There was a TV show last night that we watched that had two Amish kids on their Rumspringa. So. <laughs> right, so. The, a lot of Amish communities, not all of them, but a lot of Amish communities, send their children out, and they say, go mess around, do all your things, do your drugs, whatever, I don't care. You get, you get a little bit of money, but you have to come back in about a year or two, depending on what the period is. And um, you decide whether or not you want to be part of us or not part of us. And if you're part of us, then you stay with us forever. And if you're not part of us, you go away forever. Um, and since I'm doing neither of those two things... I like I just kind of hybridized the two. I just said, look, you know, this this works like this is the stuff that works for me and this is the stuff that doesn't work for me and I picked that up just by trying things. And that method may work for a lot of people. Um for other people, uh for what I tried first and it was going way too slow for what I wanted to do, I felt like it could have worked, but um I pretty much just went along with um what you know, the religious laws kind of would have let me do. Um, I did actually, I didn't have sex until I was 21. Um, I really regretted the person that I, that I had sex with the first time. I didn't love her. Um, that was the one thing. Like I don't, didn't hold, it wasn't the real marriage thing that really, that really got me going. Like I didn't need to be married to someone. Um, so I had to love the person. Um, I mean, back in the, like, you know, the days of, you know, um, you know, like Abraham and all them days, you know, the old Testament, you know, you had your concubines, you had your wives, you had your, all your things. I really like, you know, I, I really don't believe that you needed that marriage, that thing where the whole clan comes together and says, Oh yes, very good. They're together. And that is it. And, um, you know, God bless you. Now everyone knows you're together. That's really what the marriage was. And then you ate and then you had babies. Right. Um, so it was really just about the love. Um, but then afterwards I made it a dedicated thing that I don't have sex with people that I, that I don't have, that I'm not in love with. Um, and just recently actually I crossed that boundary again. So, um, I started having sex with someone that I didn't, that I didn't love and, um, it's been okay. It's been a different experience. Um, and I'm kind of assessing that as I go. But uh, really, my method of dealing with these things is assess it as I go. Um, if there's something I really want to do, I found out that unless there's a really good reason not to do something, like right now, um, like I wouldn't go and try drugs because I know that I probably like doing these things and that'd be terrible for me. So I don't. Um, I also have the whole religious background for it. Um, I don't know how much you know about Second Corinthians. But Second um, Corinthians talks about you know your body is a temple of God, so yeah. abuse it type thing. So I try not to do things that would do those things. But, and that's a whole separate kink talk about don't yeah. do things that destroy your body. And yeah. we should come back to that. Yeah, but, yeah. I, I think it's interesting that sort of this whole conversation is predicated on the idea that there is a conflict. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that there is a back and forth between religion and kink. And I mean, I can't really think of, you know, thou shalt not beat thy loving sub, but... Uh, <laughs> can we make the new, like, the, 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 the Ten Commandments? <laughs> we can make the kinky Ten the, Commandments. The, the kink Commandments? Yes. Um, um, thou shalt respect well, thy safe word. Uh, so, 
Well, so part of it is that there's a lot of guilt that gets applied to religiosity and that gets applied to uh, dogma. But very little specificity comes from source material. And there's even like the idea of what the marriage is and what a where that love line you know like you're saying for the uh, for uh, having sex with somebody the difference between somebody that's, that you're married to and somebody that you love uh in the kabbalistic tradition in, in the kabbalah um there's the there's a concept of uh, to cleave to the shekhinah um, the shekhinah is the female aspect of god um and most of what the the Kabbalah refers to as Shekhinah is, is translated later on to Holy Spirit um, in, in the uh, Christian and Catholic traditions. But uh, the idea that one marries oneself to God and has earthly loves is actually a kind of a core tenet of some of the older traditions, but as society changed and a uh, monogamous relationship became more uh, profitable and uh, more easily supported in a large city society and, and stuff like that the concepts shifted in the religious view with it so it, it always strikes me as a little a little off that people have to reconcile their religious belief with their uh, sexual or erotic lifestyles because rarely do they rarely do they conflict on a deep level. More often, it's just on a uh, you know interpretive level. Tell that to every transgendered Christian out there. <laughs> they, they are victims of dogma. Yeah, the idea that. God gives you challenges that it is your duty to overcome is more deeply written into the uh, texts than God made you perfect and unchanged. Mm -hmm. It's true. I think on a whole... At least why I wanted to talk about this is because more specifically, not necessarily about the conflict. A lot of the conversation up until now has been about the conflict. But it's actually more about um, the fact that Zap is open about his Christianity. Well, or the fact that yeah. one can be open about it. Like, yeah. that's, a, that's, that's a whole other story. Yeah. Well, and, and that... Again, that, that, that there's a expectation in this community that one is atheist, agnostic, or, or otherwise a religious or anti-theist, but that one must... Sorry. Must either be like a hypocrite or an atheist? No, I was just waiting for the crunching. Oh. <laughs> My bad. Um, well, so... But yeah, that, that, that there's either... Either you're a hypocrite or you're an atheist. That, that's a good way to put it, Zap. And it, that I find it interesting more so because 
the majority of kinky people that I have met in the past and current actually haven't been atheistic or agnostic. A vast majority have actually been, or at least have said that they were, some form of pagan or Wiccan. So that, I think, might be a regional thing. It, it, it could be regional, but I've also listened to some other kinky podcasts and met people online cross-country in other countries who say the same. So what interested me in doing this episode was really focused around the fact that Zap is open about his Christianity, that he has found a way to merge the two into one another and in, in not in the sense of like oh i go to church on sunday in you know a leather bodice or something you know that'd, but that'd be the best <laughs> <laughs> um i can just see you wearing your the little leather bod- I, your, I your little bodice before but i will wear i will rock that thing um or your your um your brace your leather brace your chest harness. Oh. <laughs> um. You know, one of the things that I will always remember for the rest of my life, yeah. and this is totally applicable to this exact moment, um, went to boarding school, and there was a chapel on campus. We were required to go to a religious service. didn't have to be Christian. Two times per term, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in the last day per term, you're only allowed to do one because people would go on the last day per term, like just try and go twice. And there was this one kid who totally was trying to do that, and he just dressed up a different way. For each, for each one. Right? <laughs> because the person at the door is supposed to remember your face, and you just kind of sign in once you're in there. And they don't have a date. They just have an official form, so it was a really crappy security system. right? So he dressed up as the second one the other time, and he was totally Miami vicing out. Like, he had aviators on. He had a teal jacket <laughs> with a huge lapel. He had a white shirt that he did not have buttons more than halfway down his body. And he had um, a white, like, you know, white pants on right <laughs> and he had like these wingtip pointy shoes what well, one does properly wear a white suit to church <laughs> right? I no, 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 no. it was it, but it was the it was the light bright teal yeah, jacket that was uh, in the aviators and he had like the buzzed kind of head a little bit you know kind of thing where you can kind of still see the you know where the hairline is type yeah. stuff and you're like so miami vice what's up <laughs> going to church god 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 will turn me away he loves everybody just walk straight in there you know <laughs> Right? So in, in, in <laughs> applying it to this moment, you know what? You can find a church that you wear your leather bodice, and someone is going to be like, what are you doing in my church? Like, in your church, God loves me. Mm. You can't see my face, but it's the, it's the sassy it's the, it's the sassy, sassy gay friend look. It's like, mm. <laughs> girlfriend, what are you doing? You know? No one's, no one's going no to turn you away. Welcome to the House of God. It's like the House of Pancakes, but with uh, smaller wafers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Unless you're in a Presbyterian church. And then it's a hunk of bread. Right. You and your leavened bread. <laughs> I came up in the land of Jesus crackers. <laughs> no Jesus crackers. <laughs> but Jesus owes from Dogma. Jesus. Jesus. By the way, the movie Dogma, if you're ever having issues with your own, exploring your own religion, uh, go and watch the movie Dogma. It's a farce, and it's a great way to point out some of the stranger aspects of, well, Dogma. Uh, And if you're not familiar, Dogma is the traditions and beliefs that are layered on top of the original writings. Um, 
and is where things like circumcision, sure, where, where yeah, stuff like that comes so from. Bad. I'm circumcised. I have no problem. Yeah, just. So, um, <laughs> I forgot what the original thing we were going off of, and then I derailed us on that. Dogma. Dogma. We Just the oddities of... Or maybe oddities is the wrong word, but the... Well, the idea that dogma is so much of what people assume religion is, and it, it can really catch you up if you, if you accept all of the dogma that uh, is presented to you without questioning its sourcing because there's a lot of the public perception that of what people think is religion that is dogma is not actually a part of the so-called core teachings yeah um how do you separate them out study yeah do I, I suggest exegesis exegesis yeah well an exegesis is, i suppose is a singular exegesi uh it's a type of it's kind of like a book report um where you take a passage usually a biblical passage although not necessarily and you study it not just in terms of the passage itself and its context but you take each word in the passage and you look up where else it appears in the writing so in this case, we're going to talk about Bible. So you look up where else it takes in the Bible. You look up the uh, source words on it that it was translated from. Because you'll find that, like, say the word love might be translated from two or three different Hebrew words. So you look up where that particular source word is used elsewhere in the writings. And you can build a greater context to what something is saying than just the passage itself and the interpretations that are generally accepted about it yeah. cool i did not do anything like that when i went to christian school well, i went to catholic school so. <laughs> jesuits yeah uh, no bazillions uh, bazillions that's right bazillions <laughs> i've only met i've only met a few jesuits and i could never get into an argument with them <laughs> have, you, have you ever talked to a jesuit uh, i have i i love arguing with jesuits well, the Jesuits come from the point of view that they're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't... why it's a fun argument. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that sounds more like trolling to me. Verbal trolling? Yes. <laughs> well, I, I guess part of it is that because I, I was, I've never been the stridently faithful, and I've never been the letter of the law sort of... Uh, well, even the churches I went to were, were never that sort of religiosity, so... <laughs> religiosity <laughs> like that term. um but i did have a lot of biblical background and bible learning and and external study you know studying the the torah and studying you know the writings around the bible and, and stuff like that so getting into conversations with people that felt they had an excess of knowledge when only had when they only had an excess of faith and uh, dogma has always been sort of a joy for me because there's nothing like opening somebody's eyes to their own erroneous beliefs. Yeah? Why? Uh, because I love it when it's done to me. Okay. Okay. Because there's, there's something really freeing about 
believing that the world is in a static way and finding out that there is uh, a greater space and a, a greater truth to find. Somehow yeah. I have this feeling like you're in way into humiliation on a certain level. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, was doing. Hence that why. I like being proven wrong. <laughs> well, no, because it, it's it's you not so much like <laughs> it, it's not so much like oh I am stupid. I was wrong. It's more like wow, there's so much more to this than yeah. than I ever thought. It, it's it's the same experience of finding out that stars are you know billions of miles away and not just you know lights in the sky and then suddenly having that question brought up of like oh well well if there's all this space out there what else is out there and and being able to fill in all of those those gaps yeah okay uh it's why i i love uh religious studies even though i'm not a very religious person um Part of the my own current religious state, which I'd call more of a spiritual state than religious state. Um, Do you follow a dogma? No. Then it's not religious. <laughs> um, okay. yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you got to remember, it's also it's not religious because I don't don't prescribe to any one set concept. Um, but part of what opened my eyes to a lot of it was getting to sit down with a very devout Muslim and talk about Islam with them and, and just casual conversation. Nicest guy you'll ever meet. You know, he's one of the Royal Guards from Jordan. So, I mean, dude is hardcore. When the king of your country is the head of the special forces, not because he's the king, but because he went through and gained those ranks before his father, the king, passed away. The guy who wasn't even, you know, I mean, the guy wasn't even supposed to become king. His uncle was. And then in his father's deathbed was like, oh, by the way, it's you. You're going to be king now. What? You know, when you're the guard for one of the most badass guys out there, you know. Pretty hardcore. Pretty hardcore. Nicest guy, like, hands down. The the week I spent talking with him for eight hours a day was just enlightening on so many levels. And what really cracked religion for me was the fact that if you follow the Judeo-Christian path and you go through Judaism and then you convert to Christianity and, and you follow through Christianity for the... 2,000 some odd years that it's been around and then you follow through Christianity through the end of Paul into Islam it's a one continuous strain of religious concept mm -hmm. and it's fascinating to see how it the same religion with some of the concepts slightly tweaked here and there purely based on the language purely based on the culture of the time and the location yeah, it, it's a lot of people forget that Islam is to Catholicism in many ways the same as Catholicism is to Judaism. Yeah. Um, and by the way, for all you ignorant people out there, Catholicism 
is a form of Christianity. It isn't its own separate religion. <laughs> Actually, and and Fox will may, I probably, uh, on a certain level, at least agree on a literary sense. Have you ever read the book Snow Crash? Nope, I was about to ask you if you read another book. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But uh, check out Snow Crash, Neil okay. Stevenson. Yeah. Okay. Have you read the, uh, the Wizard of Earthsea? No, I have not. Old book by Ursula K. Le Guin. Yeah. It's all about the power of naming. Yeah. The, the power of naming is uh, the power of naming is a more of a Judeo-Christian tradition than most people recognize because it's no longer a part of the uh, liturgy it's it's no longer a part of the, the story that's told in church so it gets sort of forgotten but it is a part of the older stories um, but then again, that that's a lot of how I come to religion is stories. Yeah. Um, that that's what I love about this study is finding these really cool stories out there, and and even when it goes to stuff like uh, the the non-canon books, uh, stuff that was dropped out in like say the the first of the Consuls of Nicaea, stuff like the the Book of uh, Enoch. Are you familiar with the Book of Enoch? I am. Somewhat. I've never sat down and actually read through the Book of Enoch, but... Do you know the Nag Hammadi scriptures? I, I've read some of it. I haven't read it annotated, so I don't know it well enough to, to speak on it with any authority. There's actually really cool sections in there that talk about... Um, or it, it sounds like it's a Christian concept for reincarnation. Mm. So um, there, there, there are many different things that were thrown out and... I don't feel confident enough to talk about it on a podcast, but it sounds like to me it's it's a Christian concept for reincarnation about what happens to the bad souls, quote unquote. Um, right, that's part of where the uh, um, oh shoot, I lost the name now. Purgatory concept comes from, isn't it? No, purgatory. So there's two things that I really love from Dale and Catholics for. It's my favorite thing in the world. There's two things that they they ditched, God, well over like <laughs> 700 years ago or something like that. So. I just like to do it anyway. Um, purgatory actually came... Do you know who St. Jerome is? Yes. So St. Jerome was the person who translated the Latin Vulgate, and he beat himself with rocks and skulls and stuff like that to like keep himself awake because he believed it was a sin to fall asleep while translating the Bible. So there's problems with translating texts when you're very tired and beating yourself up, I would assume. Well, part of this actually returns to the stuff like the alphabet of Rabbi Akiva ben Yosef, is okay. that a lot of these... Uh, I want to say inspirational, but that's not the word. Um, these defined alphabets that... Um, dude, I really lost the word. What I, is it to be raised up into spirituality? Uh, ascension. Not, ascension. not ascension, but yeah. similar to that. Um, transcend? Transcendent. Thank you. A lot of these transcendent uh, texts have very specific requirements. And, like, for example, the, the alphabet of... Uh, Akiba ben Yosef, he describes how one comes to understand the alphabet. And it is a process of fasting for a week, living on nothing but water that has been soaked in, uh, wheat soaked in water. Uh, you drink the water that the wheat has been soaked in. And then one stands and prays to the heavens, kneels and prays bowed, and then stands and prays to the heavens and repeats until 
inspiration comes. And this prayer is to be done at the top of your lungs. So imagine, don't eat anything for a week. Kneel on the ground and yell. Now stand up and look at the sky and yell. Now kneel on the ground and yell. Now stand up and look at the sky and yell. Until you start seeing the letters of God before you. Okay. Um, yeah, so so in any case, back to... Yeah, yeah, so beating with skulls um, and stones. Where purgatory came from was actually, um, you know, uh, was it Acts or Romans, uh, where it's like, uh, repent and you shall be saved? Mm-hmm. Um, they actually, or he, he botched the verb translation, where it's to be, he, he translated it to be, do penance and you shall be saved. Mm. So that was the core of the whole, like, if you must do penance to be saved, obviously, that's the whole thing, like... Um, like good faith uh, or works, it means good faith or something like that for the cat. Where like you know f- having faith produces good works. That that whole discrepancy. Right. Um, that was what that was based off of for a lot of early Catholics. Uh, and when they retra- when they retranslated that, that's when they found out. Oh, uh, that's not what that word said. Right. So well, and that's dogma. That's when we were talking about yeah. dogma earlier. Stuff right. like uh, purgatory is, is pure dogma. Right. And uh, the Pope. Um, the Pope's main, um, main evidence was, um, was it when, uh, when, when Jesus was telling Peter, you know, like base your faith off the rock. So the word for Peter is, is Petros and the word one way or the other. I'm, I'm botching one of these two words, but one, one word means what, uh, rock means Petros, Peter means Petra, something like that. So like, it's a, a, like a small difference, right? And you just said base your faith off peter that's what was the translation so that's how like peter became ba- like base your faith off right. of peter that's so how, how peter, peter became, became the church right so that's that's where that started from that's how that tradition started from um, and, and that's part of the uh that, that's again part of the council of Nicaea stuff because there's uh there were denominations essentially that were squashed by the council um in part because of the removal of the book of uh, Mary. Mm. Um, because a lot of the more modern translations um, have Jesus tells his followers, Mary knows me best, follow what she says. And, and essentially passes the church on to Mary. A woman. Right, and the book of Mary is about Mary, the disciple of Jesus, one of the three Marys that the Second Council reconciled as one person. Um, Because there's Mary Magdala, there's Mary the prostitute, Mm -hmm. and there's Mary the... Oh, I can't even remember now. The mother... No, well, Mary the Mother is another one, but they took three Marys and combined them into one character, essentially. Because Mary Mary of Magdala was a noble's daughter. Right. Not a prostitute getting stoned in the street. Different Mary. Right. Like, really clearly different Mary. Kind of hard to reconcile noble's daughter with the prostitute, but later on got combined into the same character because Mary the noble's daughter became... Jesus's favorite follower and in the book of Mary there is a strong suggestion that they are married um, and there are 
there are a number of references in the existing canon that suggest that Mary and Jesus may have been married. Um, and the book of Mary pretty much sets out like, here's what the church should be and here's the lineage it should follow as this matrilineal church. Much of the structure that is established in the book of Mary was later on folded into the church, but sort of without the scriptural founding because that part got excised and just reassigned to men. Well, to Paul. <laughs> right. Uh, or, or Peter, I guess. Yeah. It got reassigned to Peter. Um, and so it's stuff like that where just this entire matrilineal church, they just said, no, 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 that didn't happen. <laughs> and, and totally cut it from the canon. Um, but that's why some of the research is necessary. Is if you just run with, this is the canon, it's what it's always been, you miss that there are big chunks of it that have changed over the years. And if you assume that the, what is it, 66 books are all of the books. Um, well, there were a time when there were upwards of 70 there was a time when there were less than 50 it's it's fluctuated okay okay we've got the yes geeky. sorry yeah. I, I can go on to, i mean i've got a whole path here that that, that <laughs> suggests that jesus is lucifer i mean this is <laughs> oh yeah yeah all right well we'll do that for another podcast yeah um <laughs> so how to get back more on topic right for, sorry I for why really distracted with this stuff <laughs> yay for tangents um <laughs> which i found wonderfully fascinating on an intellectual level um but as far as the religious aspect of what we're attempting to discuss here um it's a tangent <laughs> right um so zap how for you what what really made it for you to be op open i guess in a sense about your your christianity with being with being involved in the kink community or why did you feel that you had to be open yeah as opposed to just everybody knows why did i have i mean I or never... actually hang on let me rephrase that i i can answer your question better yours is in some ways I think yours is a, a, like a trick question. Like, why did you feel like you have to be open? I'm like, well, no, not as in like, why did you feel like you had to come out? But do you, maybe do you feel that there's a difference between somebody that is openly openly religious and not in the kink community, suggesting that there are people that have hidden their religious? I think that quote unquote coming out in the kink community is a misnomer. At some point or another, by being in the kink community, you've already come out. Um, so it's a matter of what's unfolding at that point. Um, so I never hid anything. Like if, if anyone asked, I would just say, of course I am. What does it mean to you? Um, I also have a mentality of being a big fat dude walking into everywhere, being that most people aren't going to step up to me. Right. Like people, like people might, but you know, <laughs> I never really had that problem. So when I think about coming out with quote unquote coming out with things, um, it's really not all. It, I don't perceive it as coming out. People just ask me a question, and I don't see the harm in answering. 
you know. So um, when it comes to you know what what makes it okay for me to talk about these things or these different things, it's I never I never came from the perspective that anything was wrong, and people tried to tell me that things were wrong, and just kind of you know waved my hand and told them to scuttle along, you know. Um, I talk with Shy. I don't know if you know of Stephanos and Shy group. The the Shy part, big atheist. We get into great arguments where she pretty much says, meh, you hypocrite, <laughs> meh. <laughs> she just waves her hand at me regally and then dismisses me, you know. So, <laughs> you know, we get, we, get, we get into good discussions. It's kind of like my form of arguing with Jesuits, right? Um, the atheist version of Jesuit. So, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, um I, I feel like I'm dancing around your original questions because I can't remember what No, I, I think you actually answered it really well. Okay. I, I, in the extent that you answered it with a better answer than I could have come up with it. In that <laughs> the concept of you don't have to come out about that in the kink community because you've already kind of come out about stuff. You're just, this is what's unfurling. This is everything that comes with it. It's the cape that follows, if you will. Right. So. And and can, I, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. It can, it can feel like coming out sometimes to a lot of people because... Now it's like the reverse of what you can come out like what the reverse of what you talk about when you're amongst kinky people like who wants to talk about like you know like that just makes me like a hypocrite like I'm one of the repressors like what is this oh no I can't talk about these things yeah. um, but if you're already there in that room I don't really see how you can feel all that bad about being quote unquote one of the repressors obviously you have been repressed and you are there to be with other people who have been repressed um, and just because you fall in line in one part of you. That is with, quote-unquote, the repressors. Does that make you, quote-unquote, a repressor? Even if maybe in your past life you were, or maybe you have some feelings about certain things. But that doesn't mean that you are that you, you, you are not one of that in that. In, like, you're not something other than where you are at that moment. Um, kind of like how a, a transgendered person is not a Catholic at all point. Like, you know, it's not like, you know, like yeah. like a Catholic. The Catholic is like a, a facet. You know, a transgendered person is a facet, is a, a large facet, but it's a you know it's a part of the whole. And I think that's really the important lesson, if we have one today, is that do we ever actually have a lesson? Well, we do, we do, we we, we have <laughs> a lot of lessons. Of the but story is. I, I, letter is I, C. I think part of it here is like <laughs> I, I had a I, I knew a person once who would say, "I'm not gay, I'm Mormon." And, and and these this was like that's a great I, a, a man that sleeps with other men and has sex with them, but when asked to describe himself, would say, "I'm not gay, I'm Mormon." As if the the Mormonness somehow overrode the gayness, and that there wasn't room for some combination. You know, I, I'm just sorry, but as soon as you said that, I just kind of wanted to turn to the mic, kind of in the like you, you've all seen the Big Lebowski. I just kind of want to turn the mic like. Pederas, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but but the point is, and, and I think the lesson that we're coming to here is that it these are not mutually exclusive things. These are not things that are inherently in conflict. Um, they can feel like they are because a lot of the dogma around it, and I don't just mean the religious dogma, a lot of the dogma of the kink community says is, is anti-religious. I mean, there's... There's this sort of idea that one is either, you know, a Christian or can love all of these other things. And that is a, 
inherently broken statement, I think. By the way, if you are not a Christian and you live in a community that is not predominantly Christian and you are kinky, uh, feel free to email us at kinkyandgeeky.com. Podcast at kinkygeeky.com. There you go. <laughs> but, and, and the reason why I say Christianity in, in, in that case is... It happens that, to be what we're currently well, No, is that about. in America the overriding oh, yeah. idea is that one is a Christian or something else. Which and, is great for a country that was founded on no religion. Right. But And, and the, the politics of religion is a whole... Whole other morass. That's um, another five podcasts in itself. But but the point that I'm trying to make is that in the same way that we have tried to make it clear that you can accept these things that you desire, like uh, if you want to hurt somebody or be hurt, these are not necessarily things that are evil. These are things that can be a part of what you enjoy. Desiring God in your life is just as much a thing that is your choice to accept or not. It is not a thing that you either have God in your life or religion in your life or you have kink. Yeah, I I agree with that. Yeah. All right. Well, we're about an hour into things. You want to take a break here? We'll take a pause. A a repression, as it were. Yes, we're going to take a repression. We're going to take a repression. Yes. Yeah, I can just hear the cooking. Do we want but do you want to do this with cooking sounds in the background? We'll do it with cooking sounds in the background. In that case, we're back. <laughs> so yeah, the, that was a that was a fun conversation about religion and stuff like that. Um, so now, uh, just what's going on? What have you been up to, Loki? What have you been up to, Zap? <laughs> <laughs> um, God, I work. I go to class and I do research a lot of it so a lot of boring stuff unless you guys want to talk about you know macular degeneration and you know stuff about your retina got really cool research stuff I can tell you about I'm not I'm only somewhat aware of it because it's uh, been a big issue for my grandma so now I'm all paranoid about wearing sunglasses when I drive (laughs) yeah sunglasses are good for you Um, but no yeah I got a really great case of a I mean, it's really great academically. Poor, poor little girl. She's um, the youngest recorded case of a certain genetic disease that has ever, like ever been recorded, um, and she is so unlucky with how many different secondary complications she has because of it that it's almost like you know, like calling you know you know double zeros on roulette six times in a row. Jeez. Like it's, it's fantastically unlucky, um, and I'm writing the paper that's getting published. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of the funny things that all of the the doctors and doctors in training, all those in the medical field that, that I've ever known have this weird, like, I feel really sorry for him, but there's this really cool case. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You, you never you never hear anyone in the medical field saying that preface to each other in the act, like when they're in hospitals because they all know that's the preface. Right. So it, you, it's it's to, just assumed. Right. But you have to say that to everyone else. Otherwise, like, you monster. Yeah. What? How could you? Yes. So... That sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what that's what I've been doing. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing truly exciting. Missing my girlfriend. So, if you're wondering, uh, dinner is in process in the background. So that that is not actually somebody being beaten. That is food being hit. Well, someone's being beaten for that food. 
Yeah, I. Not really sure what the blonde is beating the pork tenderloin with at the moment. <laughs> but it's something, and dinner will be delicious. I will try and take a photo of it before we devour it. <laughs> so I've been all about uh, NaNoWriMo lately. So it's uh, the National Novel Writing Month. So that's been like all of my free time. That's always fun. At least when, when you guys start doing it, because then it's like, oh, I've got this awesome idea for Nazis traveling through time with zombies <laughs> and this and that. It's like, cool. Yeah, I, I totally, uh, as as one of my exes put it, I Tolkien'd this one. <laughs> I, uh, Nazis traveling through time as Tolkien? No, no, no. <laughs> that, that was actually a, a friend of ours, another yeah. friend that was doing it. No, th- this is just a fantasy story that I've now got like a bunch of backstory and annotated history from a previous culture and a dead language that I'm building as I go and hmm. like a, I, I have appendices for a story that doesn't exist yet so. that's disturbing <laughs> so when's the story going to be done? November's almost yeah. over no, I'm, I'm going to make my 50,000 words in November I'm not going to finish the story in 50,000 <laughs> words I'll probably finish the first third of the story. You have to write uh, that. You have to write the first fifty thousand. You have to make it totally epic, and then add mid sentence, and then submit that so that everyone can <laughs> the next just, part of it. You have to add mid sentence. Um, I've been playing a lot of Borderlands Two in work. <laughs> That's it. We have, uh, the blonde and I went to a, a party last weekend. For National Nacho Day, which was actually on November 6th. My birthday. But, what a great day for a fat man to be born, I'm just saying. <laughs> but, due, but due to the fact that uh, um, the 6th was taken up by a weekday, and the following weekend um, was the Little's Pageant in San Francisco for Little Miss Little and Little Mr. Little. Um they pushed it back an extra weekend from there. So we ended up um, doing it on last weekend, the 16th. Um, and it was really good. It was actually it was one of the first times that I had gone to any kind of an event. Um, you, you might want to explain that this isn't just uh, a bunch of people eating nachos. No, 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 no. It, it's a massive group of my kinky friends who get together and we bunch do... of perverts and cheese maybe <laughs> yeah yeah basically yeah it's exactly that perverts and cheese actually um the blonde and i met zap at nacho night <laughs> last year yeah it's good times <laughs> between between nacho night and the the man and yeah. getting to punch the blonde's boobies we have like formed what... a a fast friendship with zap i love it so it's a great friendship <laughs> But uh, but no, it was it was one of the first times that I went out, um, in Wait, full no. femme attire, to any kind of event since like in almost a decade. Oh, well, that's awesome! So and it was feel good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> felt extremely liberating, with the exception of one person who was slightly off putting at first, and then it after they talked to me, it was whatever. Hmm. So, but other than that, it was it was a good event all in all. I had a good time. Drank a lot of booze. <laughs> and we discovered that the blonde does not like redheaded sluts. What? I love redheaded sluts. My favorite drink. It's the the Jaeger. 
in it. I know. She can't do fennel. Uh, fennel makes her stomach upset. It really messes her up. That that pretty much nixes anything with the agar, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so. Unfortunate. But, yeah, so that was, that was that, really. I had a short week, four-day weekend, awesome Thanksgiving, stayed home. Yeah, Thanksgiving was good. I, I did a real small family thing with just my parents and our elderly neighbor. Uh, but then got to do a some friends of mine do an annual uh, chosen family Thanksgiving dinner the day after. Uh, uh, usually it's just a, a leftovers party, but kind of get all the friends together that you know you well like our chosen family. It's the, the people that we've decided to have around us instead of the people that we're born to, and that's yeah. always fun. I'll be back. All right, we'll take a, another little pause here while he fixes the dog. No, doesn't fix the dog. Gets the nuts from the dog. You know what? Never mind. Now we're back again. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um. Oh, I, I have been playing some games lately because uh, the PlayStation Plus came out for Vita. So I got... Uh, the Uncharted game on Vita, and nice. I've actually been really enjoying that. But they also they also added the uh, Final Fantasy Tactics game that that nice. they remade for uh, the PSP. Yeah, and damn, I forgot how much that game eats my brain. <laughs> like. It's it's one of those like I'll just I'm gonna play for like five minutes. I just need to like set up this party or make a couple of moves on this map, and then you know smash cut to four hours later, and I'm going, yeah. I'm hungry. All right, I was just going out after I played this for five minutes, and oh, <laughs> oh. It, it's an awesome game, but it's oh, this yeah. was trying to trying to tell my girlfriend with uh, trying to make work fun. I'm like you know what. If only we had little victory party sounds at the end of like it. You know, every time you kill a monster in Final Fantasy, yeah, that thing. You just put that at the end of everything you ever do in life. Everything would be amazing. There's a there's an app called like Quest Keeper or something like that, and it's a it's a to do list, and so you put in all this stuff in your to do list, and if it has time, you know, time constraints or stuff like that, and you give it everything experience points so you might have something like every day you you know every day you exercise so that's five experience points but then like i've got to renew my registration on the car so that's 50 experience points and stuff like that and then whenever you do something you press and hold the the button by that thing on the list and it fills up, and when it gets to the end, it goes, and it goes, and you know, it says completed. And then when you've, once you've done a certain number of things, you level up, and it's got a fanfare on the level up. And it, it is seriously exactly that. It's just adding Ooh. those sound effects to your to-do to, stuff. To your life. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I, That's kind of awesome. <laughs> My children will have this. Except for not on their phones. I'll give them phones. Yeah. So, speaking, speaking of random cool stuff, uh, do we have any links? So I have a geek link of sorts. It's a geek link for me. It might be kind of geeky for other people. Um, but it is a... Um, the link 
is more of a reference point. The link is an old link, um, but it was spawned off of a Red Wolf Airsoft photo post from earlier today or yesterday. Um, so, uh, a few years ago, um, there was a company that came out called Magpul PTS or Mag well, Magpul Dynamics specifically. Magpul Incorporated, Magpul Dynamics is a company who makes, um, rifle accessories. They started off making, um, AR-15 style rifle accessories. Specifically, they made a product called a Magpul. It's where the company got their name to help soldiers get... AR-15 M4 magazines out of their pouches on their tactical gear faster or better. It's essentially um, just like a little finger hook. For the yeah, it's the basically a loop. Um, originally what soldiers were doing was they were taking parachute cord or 550 cord, looping it over the end and then duct taping it to the end. Uh, the problem with that, for any of you who've ever worked with duct tape and paracord, is at a certain point, you will pull on that loop, and the loop will come free of the duct tape. <laughs> doesn't matter how much duct tape you put on, it will come free. Um, so, what this company came up with was, they came up with a polymer, a rubber polymer version, that will fit onto any standard AR-15, M4, M16 style magazine. Um, and so, so, that's how they got their start. So, then they progressed further, they started building making their own magazines that were made out of plastic, socks, all this other stuff. Finally, they got around to working on a project called the Magpul Dynamics PDR, uh, standing for Personal Defense Rifle. And it was designed under the guise of, we want to build a, a compact rifle that has a mid-length carbine barrel in it. It's got like a 10-inch barrel, 10 to 12-inch barrel in it. Um, but is small enough to be carried and maneuverable, similar to the FN Herstal P90. Um, and this gun looks a lot like the P90, the PDR that they came up with. And if you're, if you want to know the P90, if you've ever seen the sci-fi show uh, Stargate, or if you've ever played GoldenEye on the Nintendo 64, the RCP90 is the same gun. Yeah, and it's it's essentially a tiny little machine gun has a huge number of little bullets in it yeah. and fires them very, very quickly. So the the challenge was um, FN Herstal designed the P90 as a personal defense weapon or a PDW. Um, it was specifically designed for tankers because it's so compact. Um, they didn't want anything kind of hanging off of it that could get caught when a tanker was coming out of a tank. Um, so the magazine, it's a top-fed magazine. Um it holds 60 rounds, unlike most that hold 30. Really kind of fancy design. Well, Magpul was like, no, no, screw that. We want to design our own version that uses standard M16 ammunition and standard M16 magazines. So that on the battlefield, if someone goes down and they've got this rifle, they can just slap this magazine in and rock and roll and that's it. Um, so they designed, they started working on this prototype. Well... They ended up getting a contract for another rifle they designed that a lot of people know as the uh, ACR, the Bushmaster ACR. It's also known as the Magpul Masada, M-A-S-A-D-A. -A -A. Um, they actually scored a contract for producing that. Sorry for the animal sounds in the background. Yeah, the, the dog has decided to 
chew on the cat. Actually, yeah. you know what? That that sound sounds exactly like the angry midgets had a Borderlands. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, it does kind of. Yeah, it does. It's a very strange and not a happy kitty. Not a happy kitty. Not, oh, God. Not a happy kitty. Um, so, um, Magpul ended up shelving yeah, the PDR sure. project. Um, it was just you not cost effective. And they decided that they didn't want to pursue it anymore, so they shelved it. Well, when Magpul ventured into the Airsoft world, um, rumors started sprouting up about them building the PDR for an Airsoft gun instead. Um, a few years ago, they showed the first uh, exterior prototype, the non-functioning prototype. This year at SHOT Show, they showed the first functioning prototype. And finally, they're... It was supposed to be released in August. They're finally getting ready to release it. There's a, a post on World Airsoft News uh, just kind of highlighting the PDR. If you're a fan of the Deus Ex games, um, this kind of, it looks like a futuristic assault rifle. It, it's a very cool looking gun. And it's something I desperately want. <laughs> so. so so this is a uh, this is a Link and uh, Loki's wish list. Yes. It's about <laughs> 300 bucks when it comes out. But... Yeah, Red Wolf posted that they had, they'd received one as a promo. So, and they took a photo of it, and I was like, oh, I must have this. So, I, I was uh, kind of racking my brain for something interesting to to link for today, and I remembered this thing, and I had to look for it. And lo and behold, the site is still live. Uh, I don't know when the last time it was updated. I think 1997. Uh, the church. Of the quivering otter, um, and and just the the opening line: "Welcome, my child. The diet cook of fate told me you would come to us. Our numbers are many, far more than you might imagine, child." <laughs> what was this church of? It's the Church of the Quivering Otter. Oh. Um, occasionally known as the Lutarian Church. Um, the Lutarian Church. Yes. I. It was a prank that or not even a prank it was just a joke site that somebody put up uh it was a part of a furry thing it's actually still got links to the fur ring i don't even think people know what web rings are anymore um but aren't they advertising circles sort of yeah um the church of the quivering otter was linked in like a in, in posts other places and eventually made it around far enough that people actually thought it was a real church that had just started as like this funny site that a guy threw together or maybe a girl, I don't know, that somebody threw together. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's funny to still find it and you, you can find the, uh, uh, what is it, the predictions of the diet coke of fate and the uh the the strictures of the church of the quivering otter um on on this link and go ahead give it a read it's a it's a funny little farce so pretty much my my new favorite thing about coming and doing podcasts is that i get to i get to screw around with the blonde she sits next to me on this couch every single time and that's like, I get to talk to you guys about all really cool and entertaining things, 
but I just get to mess with her until she starts laughing on on, on everything, and that, that's kind of the challenge. She's not supposed to laugh, and and I'm supposed to like keep poking to her just until she gets to that point because I don't want to ruin the podcast, but <laughs> but I do kind of want to see if she'll like how much she'll hold in. She'll hold in a lot. She's pretty stubborn. <laughs> so if you wonder why we sort of like drift off and then giggle a little bit, it, it's because there is a sideshow going on as we're trying to talk here, <laughs> and it can be very distracting. Right, right now it's me trying to get me uh, get her to do it, or, or I'm trying to dry wet Willy her, just just a little bit, and she's she's resisting pretty heavily. <laughs> you make it sound like it's this nice, you know, pleasant <laughs> thing. He's it going is for with me, darling. Oral penetration here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Zap just tried to stick his tongue into the blonde's ear. Uh, That's what ears are for. Do we, do we have anything else to talk about? No, I think we've kind of wrapped it up in this week. <laughs> I think that's it. Uh, uh, safe, sane, consensual. Not like this. Yeah, we really kind of need the Benny Hill music all of a sudden. Yeah, he sucks. Oh, oh my god. Oh, uh, cue, cue the sexy bikini girls running through. <laughs> right. Uh, that's, do you have anything, Loki? I got nothing. There's my right. dog. Put a bikini. Goodbye. You've been listening to Kinky and Geeky. This podcast has been distributed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial share-alike license. That means that you can share us, remix us, match us up, or whatever. Just give us credit and don't make money off us. See you next time. Goodbye. Thank you for having me. You know You're not putting my dog in a bikini. <laughs> I think that should be the sticker. I'm not putting my dog, dog in, in a, a bikini. bikini. Yes. So there's that. But at the same time, it's it's something that... <laughs> Stop laughing. Am I laughing? No laughing. Smiling. Close enough. Misery. <laughs> <laughs> know that I can't stop smiling. <laughs> Especially when you're slapping her in the boob. <laughs> sorry, sorry, uh, sorry, sorry. This is my ringtone next. <laughs> <laughs> you can't stop smiling! <laughs> um...